Peace diehards, I'd like to welcome you guys to a brand new Dianix podcast. This is your host, Evo the Any Star. The last podcast we talked about the first two preseason games. We're going to keep it going with the second half of the preseason. The next two games we played against Atlanta and the Pelicans. So they were decent games, you know, but we ended up losing both of them. But, you know, we'll get into it in the next segment. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. Let's go. So the Knicks finally finished out their preseason schedule. They played um, Atlanta and they played the Pelicans. Both games were basically the same game, so I'm going to just go back and forth with the games because they, they, they essentially were, were the same game. The um, Knicks were trailing the whole game. The other team kind of dictated. The Knicks never really made a push to get the lead, or if they got the lead, they didn't keep it long. And then towards the end, the other team just did something to us to to make us lose, you know, make us lose the game. Against Atlanta, we had a shot to win the game. But, um, you know, it, it was like almost like a playoff atmosphere, which is like ridiculous and, um, in preseason. But that's what um, Fisdale was doing to our players. Like, um, for instance, the Atlanta game, uh, this guy, R.J. Barrett, played 39 minutes. What is he doing playing 39 minutes in preseason? To um, compare, uh, Trey Young had 34 minutes, but nobody else on that team had um, had um, 30 minutes. So on the Knicks, that, that game, uh, I want to say... Did um, Randall have thirty? Yeah, Randall had thirty-four minutes. He shouldn't have. He's a veteran. He shouldn't be playing thirty-four minutes in, in um in the preseason. Uh, Bobby Portis also had thirty minutes. I mean, you know, you, you want to take a look at certain players, man. You, you have to um spread those minutes out. Who cares about winning? You know, we end up losing the games anyway. We kind of look like fools because we're playing our guys heavy minutes. So we kind of do the look like fools. We got our best guys out there playing against some of their you know, second stringers, you know, and then we still can't win the game, you know, it's just kind of, it's kind of embarrassing. Now, you know, I just hope that, I hope that, you know, the whole thing, just from plays and whatever, I hope we're just trying stuff out, you know, because that's what the preseason is about. But, you know, what, I know I know they cut games out the preseason, but I mean, by the fourth game, you know, you kind of need to be on point with your thing. But all right, before we talk about the fourth, let's just um, focus on the Atlanta game. The Atlanta game, we started Randall Morris, Bobby Portis, R.J. Barrett and Dennis Smith Jr. Welcome back, Dennis Smith. You know he had that little back problem, or whatever. I believe that was a, just a precaution, and um, and also just Fisdale just trying to give guys a shot to play. You know I think the back problem might have been overblown a little bit, even though he was out of shape, clearly out of shape in both games. Anyway, uh, off the bench you got Frank Nealakina, Knox, Mitchell Robinson, and then Wayne Ellington and Todd Gibson. Let's talk about Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson, like I said in the, in the, the last podcast, he's been playing. His, he's supposed to hang his hat on defense, and he hasn't really been playing too much defense. You know, as far as like staying down, getting in foul trouble, stuff like that. Last year he wasn't doing that. That's what um, made him the starter the whole time last year. But this time it's like you know he's not staying down, he's not being calm, and whatever. Maybe maybe he's a little bit ex- excited about starting the year, or you know you, you just go down the, down the line with that. But um, we got Bobby Portis now. So if Mitchell Robinson's not going to play well, Bobby Portis is right there to step right in. And then on top of Bobby Portis, you got you got now RJ, um, Taj Gibson to step right in also. So we got enough bodies to, to, to throw out there to um, compensate for a Mitchell Robinson that's still going through his growing pains. So, you know, like a, a lot of um, young players go through it. They, they have like a good rookie season. And then the second season is like, okay, where, where happened to this guy? You know, I think uh, certain Boston players are going through that. You know, they got a couple guys over there that, that did well their rookie year, and then their second year they came back, and it was like, what happened to the, the All-Star? You know, the guy actually, um, you know, um, took a step back in his in his um, development a little bit. So anyway, you know, that, 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 was, um, that was the guys that we put out there. 
So we end up ended up losing. But you know, to take away from the Atlanta game, Randall's gonna be Randall. He's gonna do what he does. It seems like we're gonna be getting twenty and eight out of him, just like he like um we got out of um like like he got out of of, Pel- of the Pelicans when he was on that team. Bobby Porter's sixteen and seven. That's what he's gonna do too. He's definitely gonna give us like fifteen and, and seven, eight rebounds a game. You know, even you know even if um Mitchell Robinson starts. I got a feeling that Bobby Portis is going to demand the 30 minutes, 30 plus minutes coming off the bench, you know? And if Richard Robinson keeps playing the way that he is, then we're definitely going to have to start thinking about, you know, starting Bobby just to make sure that he has the maximum amount of minutes to play because we're probably going to need him, especially if you're thinking about making the playoffs. Then, um, you know, R.J. Barrett, R.J. Barrett, you know, still can't find a shot. You know, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be, you know, hot and cold. And um, as a rookie, you're going to get that. But the things that sticks out with R.J. Barrett is the rebounds and assists. Seven rebounds and six assists against Atlanta. That's excellent. So, I mean, if the guy's not going to shoot well, at least he's doing everything else well. So that takes pressure off the point guards, takes pressure off over everybody. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's, that's great, too. Um, great to see. But, you know, coming off the bench, you got Kevin Knox. He still had 11 points. So he's going to give you that offense. You know, And it also takes the pressure off for him. Because he doesn't need to be the starter. He doesn't need to be the alpha guy. You already got Morris for that. You know, so Knox can learn that way. Because Knox is still a baby himself. 19, 20 years old. He's not 21 yet. He's a young boy. You know, he's still de- still developing not just his basketball game, but his um what he's going to be as a man. You know, so you got to give these guys uh, credit. You know, same thing with Frank Nilla came in. Him, him and Knox are going to be, you know, right next to each other. You know, we just picked up Frank's option, by the way. Six million dollars, Jesus Christ, man! The freaking salary cap. I don't, I don't, you know, I know, I know it has to do with um, the TV contract and all that. But a player of uh, Frank's caliber, six million dollars. I know it's the rookie scale, but you know, don't want to get sidetracked. But um, what stands out in that Atlanta game is on um, Trey didn't play. You know, so that that kind of sucks because you know you think the Trey will, will be um will be getting like um, the bulk of the minutes, especially in the preseason, because you know. From what he did last year, you you would want want to see the jump, the big jump for the for the following year, but um he didn't actually play in Atlanta. Let me just make sure that I'm not just talking shit. Yeah, he didn't he didn't play in Atlanta. So um you know it is what it is, but um that was that. And what's what's odd? Let's just go to the Pelicans game. What's odd about the Pelicans game is that we're still playing games with the starting lineup. We changed actually changed the starting lineup, and um they they put um. Fisdale put RJ at the three, actually, with Randall, you know, and then Mitch Robinson actually started. Dennis Smith still kept the starting spot, and then Wayne Ellington was his shooting guard. And it's like, you know, what are you like? What are you really doing? Why are you putting Wayne Ellington in the starting lineup? You know, I, I know you're just trying to see how guys react to certain situations, but I mean, it's kind of bugged out. In the last preseason game, you're still toying with your starting lineup, you know. Uh, you know, it is what it is. But I mean, we did see Treyer. Treyer um, came off the bench. Uh, Bobby Portis came off the bench as well. Knox came off the bench. Alfred Payton um, got got a chance to play, and Damian Dotson finally got a chance to play. So I mean, that just shows the Knicks bench because we got players that played last year that are coming off the bench for us now. So, did we get better? I know time will tell, but it really it really depends about Fisdale you know, and what Fisdale does. We could break down um, the Pelicans. Um, you know what the guys you put on against the Pelicans. Like I said, um, Randall's is gonna do Randall twenty and eight. He had twenty and nine against the Pelicans. He also added five assists. Um, he did have four turnovers, but he's been he's been having a, a really high user user rate. Um, excuse me, um, user rate. 
you know, so I, I kind of like that. A lot of people don't really like it, but, um, you know, Randall is better getting the ball going to the basket, not really facilitating. But, I mean, the guy has a, a above-average handle for a four-man, so we got to give him the ball and let, let him just do him, you know? Let him let him get the stuff that he, he used to, like, that he's that used to getting, but um, allow him to facilitate because we do, we, we can put four extra scorers on, on the floor with him. You know, so that, that's what we're going to need to do. We're going to need to um, be a collective team. Five guys got to be able to score that ball because we really don't have a superstar. So if you don't have a superstar, there's no use of having two defenders and three scorers on, on, that, um, on that squad. You know, we need adequate defenders and five scorers. We need five guys to be able to put that ball in the basket at, you know, usually, I'm going to say like like 80% of the time. We, can't, we just cannot, you know, win basketball games if we don't have scorers on the floor. You know, for for the type of caliber players that we have. So anyway, Dennis Smith, uh, two for twelve. I like the aggressiveness. He didn't start the game out well, but he started to pick up the pace in the second half and stuff. But um, what what I want to point out is his rebounds and assists. Even though he didn't shoot well, same thing like like R.J. in the last game. He was um he had nine uh rebounds and six assists. Um, you know, only only three turnovers. That's decent for a point guard. He had two steals, you know, and he also had a block. So, I mean, he was getting busy, man. He was, he was real busy. So, you want to talk about defense, that, that was similar production that uh, Frank had against the, against Atlanta, except that he, um, you know, Dennis Smith adds the aggression, and he's also going to push the ball and, you know, going to um, attack the rim or, or be at least be like, um, uh, you know, someone that you have to guard on offense, you know? Anyway... You know, Wayne Ellington was Wayne Ellington. He had 11 points, you know, a couple. He doesn't really fill up the stat sheet. The guy could shoot. That's what he does. But, um, you know, we can, we can highlight RJ again. RJ had 19 points this time. Uh, shot well, um, 9 for 12 from the field. He had um, 6 rebounds and 3 assists. You know, that's great. If, if RJ can, can uh, could do that, I, I could take the, shoot, the bad shooting as long as he's aggressive. So, night, you know, night and night out, you know, he could be hot and cold, hot and cold. That's, that's fine with me. As long as the guy is aggressive, and he, he's definitely aggressive, and he's making guys, um, making guys um, defend him, which is good, and and then like he's showing that he could pass the ball. So as long as he's active enough for a guy to play defense on him, and um, you know and they do, and he can make the right the right pass, that, that's all you need, man. And um, like I said, Dennis Smith, Dennis Smith is a scorer. Two for twelve is not going to happen every night. He's going to get busy. You know, he's probably going to get get some like um. You know, four for twelves sometimes, maybe five for twelves, but then other nights it might be seven for twelve. You know, that, that's the type of game he's gonna have too, up and down. But like I said, same thing with RJ Barrett. We're gonna need certain guys to just be, just be aggressive, so we can have a shot to win these games. Um, our guy, um, this guy Marcus Morris didn't play this when he got the night off. So let's just talk about the bench. Um, Alonzo Try, like I said, did he did play? Alonzo Try started off slow again. But then he came on like in the second half, 17 points. He didn't get any rebounds, no assists, no steals, no blocks. But it is what it is. You know, Bobby Portis, I'm just going to be, Alonzo Trayer is a scorer. That's what he's there for. He's, he's there to score, to be aggressive. Uh, Bobby Portis, same thing, 12 points, 6 rebounds in uh, 23 minutes. That's what he's going to do. You know, as long as Bobby Portis can, can do that and contribute that every single night, maybe a little bit more, maybe a, a tad bit less. And that's that's awesome for us. Uh, Kevin Knox, he had nine points, um, you know, only two rebounds, no assists, no other stats. But that's what Kevin Knox is right now. Kevin Knox is a finesse player. You put him out there to score and shoot, you know. 
So I'm, I'm okay with that as well because we have Marcus Morris. So all the people that are complaining about Knox not starting, you need um, Knox to play better in order for him to start. You know, oh, give him a chance, give him a chance. He is getting his chance. But Marcus Morris right now is the better player, and Kevin Knox has somebody to, to um, you know, aspire to be. You know, and Marcus Morris, even you know, he's like, I, th- I think he's like 31. So his um, time on the NBA is ticking as well. So by the time, you know, Kevin Knox is ready to surpass him, you know, the ages will will, will make it will make it so. You know, so the, but it depends on Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox has to put in that work. Nobody should be given anything. Anyway, so we just keep on going down. Alfred Payton made an appearance. Alfred Payton, I'm not sold on him, but I feel like Alfred Payton is one of those guys that needs to be warmed up. You know, he, he needs probably like, you know, five regular season games to get his, um, you know, feel in, you know, and then, then he'll start to produce more consistently. But, I mean, his game doesn't really stand out as far as, like, like anything, really, because he's not, like, like I say, he's not really pushing the ball, not really scoring. You know, he's kind of turning over the ball a lot. But, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm going to chalk that up to him just um, needing to get more of a rhythm, especially with his new teammates and stuff like that, new coach and whatever. That's the, you know, point guards. Point guards have got the hardest job in the NBA, so I, I'm not really going to be down on Alfred. Then um, <clears throat> Damon Dotson finally got got off the court. I mean, excuse me, got off the bench. But, um, you know, Damon Dotson, I mean, I mean, wh- when is he going to play? Because we got Wayne Ellington. You know, I know guys want, like, everybody wants to see the young guy play. But, I mean, if the young guy is good enough to play, he should play. But, I mean, if another guy is better than them, you're not going to bench the better player just to show off Dotson. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway, these are all good good arguments to have. These are all good problems to have. So, as the time goes on, we all know in the back of our minds that we'll have, a, you know, an, an option to trade players. Because, I mean, I just mentioned Wayne Ellington. You got a Trayer, you got Dotson, you got all these guys. You got Alfred Payton. We can we can stack up salaries and maybe put these guys together to get another player. You never know, man. You know, so that that was my take on the the first two games, man. So you know, let's just go into the next segment. So now that the um the preseason talk is out the way, um, this is actually the the night before the start of the regular season. The Knicks are gonna start their first game against San Antonio. So I'm not gonna do like a pre like a pre kind of like um, NBA, you know, breakdown right now. But I'll just um, talk about the who I think should start and how, how I think they should go about things going forward. Now, I know right on today they, they brought out this rumor of SMY. They said that um, they're thinking about starting Treyer and RJ Barrett together. Yeah, you know, that might be, a, might be fun to talk about. But, I mean, in my opinion, you have to play Dennis Smith Jr. You have to start him. You know, there's no way around it. He's the most dynamic as far as scoring. He pushes the ball better than anybody, and um, he's gonna make you know the pass. He can make the um, the passes that you need him to make. You know what I'm saying? And plus, we have other facilitators like Randall. You know, everybody. In fact, everybody could could pass that that basketball. So we don't really need Dennis Smith Jr. to be like Jason Kidd. You know, that, that's that's the misconception about a lot of things. You know, it's like, oh, he's a scorer, this and the other. But if we had um um this guy Eddie, I'm not Eddie Curry. Lord God, Eddie Curry. Um, Steph Curry on the team. Steph Curry's a shooter scorer. If we had him, you know, he'll be getting 30-something points a game. Is is he a chucker? Is he a shooter? You know, we don't need a shooter, right? But if he was Steph Curry, everybody would be all on him, right? So anyway, there's no, no here, no there. But we have to start on um, Dennis Smith Jr. just to keep everything honest. R.J. Barrett is definitely the starting two guard. 
uh, Treyer is not doing enough in other categories to give him a starting spot, especially at at at, um, at the point. I know he can um he can dribble and 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 he, he is a capable passer, but I mean, you know, just just gotta let the kid just do what he does best. You can't give him extra hats so early in his career. If he's not ready for it. Right now, he's ready to score. Um, RJ Barry is ready to facilitate and do everything. So he's ready. Let him start. Dennis Smith Jr., he's the same kind of Swiss Army Knife kind of guy. He wants to score. We got facilitators around him. Let him do what he's going to do, you know? You need those two guys to be the starter. Let Trier, you know, fool around and do what he does off the bench because we're going to need that. And then have Alfred Payton as, like, the steady point guard coming off the bench behind Dennis Smith. There you go. Um, you know, you got to start Mitchell Robinson. Uh, you got to start Julius. And you got to start um, Morris. Now, if um, Mitchell Robinson's having a tough time as far as fouls and this, that, and the other, we got Bobby Portis. If um, Julius Randle gets in early foul trouble, we got Bobby Portis. You know, so that's like a good thing to have. And then we got Kevin Knox coming behind Morris, which is great. And we can, um, you know, do the whole small ball thing. So we have a lot of a lot of good things going for us. And then, of course, uh, Taj Gibson is still there. So Taj Gibson, you can throw him in there, and he's going to be serviceable. He can finish with both hands. He's going to rebound. He's going to defend. He's going to run the floor. He's going to talk. You know, so these are all great things to have. Same thing with Wayne Ellington from the guard spot. He's basically going to do the same thing. You know, so these are all great things to have. We don't have any A-listers. We don't have any superstars. But we do have some borderline all-stars, and we can, we can, we can literally put five, six, seven, eight, maybe eight, um, NBA caliber players on the floor at um you know at all times you know you can even add you know not to disrespect guys like Wayne Ellington and um things like that but um you know we could put eight guys that are legit NBA players you know in the in the rotation so I'm not really worried about it man you know I think the Knicks are gonna do well what what's what's gonna mess it up is Fisdale you know if if um the defensive schemes don't work and we're not defending the three. And if um, he starts getting crazy, like 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 um, starting changing the starting lineup all the time, he has to be consistent. Keep your starting lineup and just let it be. And he cannot start the year off with Treyer and uh, Treyer as the point guard. He just cannot do that. That's that's like that's just like a career suicide for a coach. So I mean, you know, it's that's um it's all great stuff to talk about, man. But you know, the San Antonio game, I'll I'll save um I'll save like the whole um you know, um, season preview kind of thing, you know, game preview for, like, another podcast. But um, that's all I have right now for, like, just, like, the, the preseason and just my thoughts getting start with the, with the season. Let's um have a little bit of fun in the next segment. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I got a special guest on the podcast. This is my my wife. We're going to call her Mrs. Diehard. Hello, Mrs. Diehard. Hello there. <laughs> How does it feel to be on the podcast? Um, I feel honored that you asked me. <laughs> you love me, right? Most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, um, you know, this, this is your first podcast. My first podcast first ever podcast in life. Ever, ever in life. Well, it's fun. It's fun for me, at least, right? So, I mean, there's been a lot of stuff going on. You know, this whole year I've been consistent going back and forth with the podcast, whatever. You you haven't really bothered me. you given me my time to do what I got to do. But um, particularly this year... Because of um, you know everything that's been happening with Kevin Durant and all this other stuff, and the build up with um, the season, you know we got all these different new players and stuff like that. You know I don't expect you to follow what players that we have, but it's just that 
from the outside looking in on how I do things as far as me, you know, especially spending all this money and stuff like that and just like the build up. Like how do you how do you how do you feel about the whole thing? Not necessarily about me spending the money, but just like the excitement, you know, do do you do you feel the excitement for like the season? I do feel the excitement. I feel the build up. You've been working very hard. I'm very proud of what you've been doing and I can't wait to see what you do this year. It's it's your one year anniversary, so I'm so excited yeah. to see what you do next. Yeah, the, the one year anniversary is coming up. I really don't don't know what to do with that as of yet, but um, this is something to think about. If anybody else out there listening, if you have any ideas, please hit me up. That's some um, that's one thing too. I've been um been meeting new people, meeting a lot of um podcasters, a lot of people that create content and stuff like that. So it's just interesting you know, what people are doing and what people, you know, kind of aren't doing and just, just like the stress of it all, you know, having to, having to deal with, um, you know, talking to people and just having to just deal with the stress because uh, you meet a lot of people, people make you a lot of promises and say they're going to do something and they don't do it, you know, or you're trying to work out, you know, like a, like a play date, quote unquote, you know, and people just can't make it for whatever reason. Like I had to turn a couple guys down like the last few weeks and then just like the last two days, I had to reschedule stuff. So, I mean, it's like just like a big game, man. It's, it's, it's just to me, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, everybody has their own thing that they're working on. So, mm-hmm. and then you might as well do something with it, right? Right. Right. Instead of just talking to you, and you don't want to fucking hear it, <laughs> especially with me cursing at the TV and stuff like that, right? Right. Waking up the kids. Anyway, so like, do do you have any any like um like memories of like being like like the New York Knicks or anything? Were the, were the Knicks a part of your life before you met me? Yes, definitely. My family, we grew up watching. I grew up watching the Knicks. We used to put it on TV and the Bulls versus Knicks games. I had family that was actually Bulls fans, and they would come over. The and, worst, right? Shoo, <laughs> and we'd have pizza and fights and laughs and cries. All fun and good times. Yeah. Well, who was the Knicks fans in your in your family? Well, my immediate family, everybody. But then my cousin, I had a cousin that was a Bulls fan, and he would come over and we'd be fighting. Right. And um, the the Bulls fans are always like like um, they really like just Jordan fans, like the same thing like we have LeBron fans now. Mm-hmm. They just like the they want to be fans of the team with the best player. And then I also have Boston cousin Boston fans oh, also that yeah. they live in Boston and they're major Celtics fans. So we had a good time. Yeah, a good time growing up. And you, you do have a big family. Everybody's all the cousins are like around the same age. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yep. And we're scattered everywhere. Yeah. Well, are you a Knicks fan? I am a Knicks fan. Wow, that's good to hear. <laughs> it's like I'm not sleeping with the enemy. But uh, what, what what makes you a, uh, a Knicks fan? Do you, do you do you remember what you know what feeling or something that happened that made you a Knicks fan? I just loved the excitement, the fight that they had, trying to get the ball in the hoop, and you know people defending, actually defending each other, really defending each other. Mm-hmm. The camaraderie between the boys that when they were playing, they had real friendships. Yeah, it was just cool to watch. Yeah, it's like a very New York thing to do, mm-hmm. right? That's that's what we did. That was the culture back then, you know. The culture is kind of tainted now because you know, I guess social media and then like the kids nowadays they they haven't seen it, you know. Like like my 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 oldest son, he's sixteen now, 
And um, 16 years ago, that's when LeBron was drafted in 2003. Wow. Yeah, so he's never seen the Knicks good ever. You know, <laughs> only when we had Melo and that you remember Melo. You re- of and course. you also remember Jeremy Jeremy Lin and all that stuff. Of course. That was exciting. Lin right? Sanity. That was an exciting time. Yeah, we couldn't stop watching. We was like it was like must see TV, right? Is he playing again tonight? Is he playing again tonight, right? Yeah, it was great watching that. It was so exciting to see what was going to happen. Yeah. Well, would you would you call yourself a diehard fan? I wouldn't say a diehard fan. I would just say I'm a fan. Right. Because being a diehard you have to. Yeah, that's a <laughs> lot. That's something a lot to live up to. Right. Do you think I'm a diehard fan? Definitely. Am, am I the, the biggest fan, Dick's fan, that you've ever seen? Well, looking at that big flag we have, um, I would say yes. <laughs> and the boxes of sneakers that I got in the back. The, and the hats, the jerseys, the shirts, the t-shirts. The jackets. The jackets, the sneakers, Love the Ewings. It. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's endless. Endless. Well, uh, okay, well, since, since um, you're not a diehard, but you are a fan of the Knicks, right? And you remember the whole glory days and stuff like that. Can you think of any players that stuck out to you that um that you remember from back in the days? Well, John, I used to love John Starks. Yeah, everybody did. Yeah, and then Anthony Mason. Mm-hmm. Of course, Ewing, you know, all the big guys, everybody still knows. Right. But Starks was my favorite. Yeah, I think Starks was everybody's favorite back in the days. He was like um those one of those guys that that um it's like a family member. Yeah, like, he had personality. Couch. He was funny. Yeah. He would and just, he would he would, fight you. <laughs> he would fight you, right. Yeah, a lot he would of do stuff that your family would do. Yeah. Yeah. A little kid. It was funny. Can you think of anything, like, bad? Like, your worst moments? As in, the, like, just, just, just observing? You know, losing, you know, at the end. When you watch the whole game, you think they're going to win. And then at the last 30 seconds, they just lose the whole game. Right. All the threes start coming up from the other team. All the missed shots, missed opportunities, fouls. Right. And then do you remember the, the sorrow in the house? Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Especially when you had the, um, a Bulls fan in the family, too. The cousin is a Bulls fan. Mm-hmm. And, like, the whole house is, is crying. And he's like, oh, yeah, I told you, I told you, right? Right. A lot of those. And Celtics, too. I would yeah. get the phone call. As soon as the game ended, I would get the phone call. Got a little family, man. All right, well, you know, I asked you a bunch of stuff about um, the Knicks and stuff like that, but can you play basketball? In my head, yes. <laughs> but I don't think I could really play play. Right. I could play for fun. Right. But not well, in a competition. Yeah. Well, I know you, you know, from... Well, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, um, before we had the kids and stuff like that, I mean, you both were pretty athletic. And, yes. you know, you have... You're not, you're not very coordinated, but you have a focus to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and if um, somebody gives you a task, you're going you're gonna to do it to the best of your ability because you want to win. Yes, I like to win. Right. Do you think that's connected to your whole, um, to like the Knicks or anything like that? Do you think they had a, um, like a, a, like a, a, stay, a say in how your competitiveness? Well, you know, you always want your team to win, so you... You just want them to win. Right. So it ain't got nothing to do with the Knicks. That's just, no, you that's just, just what you, it is. Yeah, if you're for the team, you're for the team, whether they win or lose. So mm-hmm. you just want them to win. Okay. Cool, cool. So that wasn't hard, right? 
It was fun. Oh, yeah. Very fun. Exciting. <laughs> I finally got you on there because usually you're in the next room being very quiet while I'm trying to do whatever I'm doing. Doing some paperwork or something. Yeah. That's good. Anyway, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> okay. We'll probably do it again another time. Maybe we could talk about something else. Because, you know, aside from the Knicks, I tried to add, like, social things and... You know, little variety. little variety. Some music, a lot of hip-hop, you know, philosophy. Okay. Yeah. you have anything that you, that you want to add or something that you wanted to say? You could talk about real estate. <laughs> <laughs> anything yeah. you like. Okay, okay. All right, well, we're going to say goodbye to you. All right. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Okay. I hope to see you again. Well, yeah, maybe in a couple minutes. <laughs> okay. We're going to go to the next segment. All right, guys. That was a fun podcast. You got to meet the misses. You know, talked a little bit about the last two preseason games. I gave you a very brief introduction into, like, the, um, the next season. Talked about what I think the starting lineup should be, what to expect from certain guys, and what I expect out of them. And um, really putting the spotlight on Fisdale, man. So we just... just um. Lots, a lot of good stuff to look forward to in this young season. And I, I have no, nothing bad to say right now. Like I said, anything bad is going to happen next is going to have to do with um, whatever Fisdale does as far as coaching is concerned. The guy really has to settle in on a starting lineup and a rotation. He can't be flip-flopping with that starting lineup. He has to be firm. And, um, you know, just give us something to cheer for, man, because, like I said, if he's not going to be consistent, then we can't be consistent. And if we're not consistent... You know, if if, if um, the coach and the and um, the fans aren't consistent, the media is gonna have a field day on us, and um, you know we all don't want that. You know, I, I don't feel like fighting all these um, fake and fair weather Knicks fans out there, and just like anti Knicks fans. I, I really don't have the energy to be fighting them for another 82 games. You know, especially after the off season that we had and just all the other fucking stuff that goes on. You know, in the off season and stuff that we that we went on. I really don't. I really don't want um want to spend. 82 games arguing with people, you know, so playoffs are bust, in my opinion, but, um, you know, we can say that for another podcast, man. This has been um, Evil to Any Star. This is your host of the Dynasty Podcast. We had fun today. You guys got to meet Mrs. Diehard. I'll probably try to get her on the podcast again, like I said, to talk some family stuff, you know, philosophy, things of that nature. Always revolving around, you know, the sport of basketball in New York City and the New York Knicks. So, I mean, this is Iwu again, signing out. Four fingers to the forehead, tucking to your thumb. And I'll see you guys in the next podcast, man. I can't wait till the season starts. It's actually a couple hours, man. All right, man. See you there. Peace. This is a Gorilla Podcast Network production.